This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Hour, straight, straight from, from the street, street end. Hello everyone, welcome to the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here with Mark Mack. Um, you've been waiting for ages to say you've been waiting to say that all week yeah Um, so it's been a couple of weeks since we last spoke to you guys and uh, with with good reason really there was the Spurs home game which was bad enough Uh, then the Atlanta game where we made a show of ourselves and then the Man U game where we uh, got a bit of a hiding really so four goals conceded none scored and things were very bleak. I don't think I can't remember um, being as angry I, as I was after that Atalanta game. Just yeah, that was that was definitely the low point. I mean, the Man United score looks grim on paper four 0 but let's face it, it was never a four 0 and it was a much better performance from the Blues, really. Um, yeah, it seems like ages ago, doesn't it? Sorry, what? It seems like ages ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I, I was going to record after the Atalanta game. Uh, uh, well, before it as a bit of a preview, and then record a little bit afterwards. But honestly, I could not bring myself, and um, I couldn't bring myself to do it. There was so much negativity on Twitter, on Facebook, and in my own head that I, I, it would just seem like. Um, a, a tirade of abuse I think would, would have been and I don't think anyone really wanted to listen to that so thought better of it yeah it was probably a, a good idea because I think the level of swearing would have got us kicked off every podcast host and site uh, in the world yeah so it's not I mean you, you, I mean, people who've been listening over the years will know we're not exactly uh, in <laughs> in the Everton business to talk about glory days are we so it's not one of those it's just I think it was just uh, the best idea. So, which it kind of does sound like we're in the the glory business because we happen to have a couple of good results and now we're recording again. Funnily enough. Yeah, well, have we had a couple of good results, or we just had one. Well, there was just the Sunderland game last week, wasn't it? Which was a little bit of a turnaround, but I think it, it was a good time to play them and um, coming off the yeah, back of our tricky start. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Expect so it, it was good. Everyone said about um, us having a really difficult start, um, and that, I suppose that was like we we had to win that then because there, there was no excuses um, there. Uh, so we, it was it was kind of lose lose situation. Even if we did win it, it was like well you had to beat them, didn't you? So, but it was a nice enough performance. You know, DCL couple of goals, nearly got hat trick, and then uh, Big Umar coming in. Things have changed now. 
following game. Um, I think, in all honesty, I think he got brought on and he was on the bench that game purely just to appease the fans. I think even at that point, uh, Koeman and his team were probably thinking, you know, this lad's still not a player. Let's just remind the fans what what, what type of player he is from his first spell at the club. Um, but uh, I think Umar proved people wrong once again. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the the, the cult uh, of Umar in a little bit. So the, the Sunderland game, 3-0, straight straight into the half for the next round, happened to draw Chelsea of all teams, which is... Yeah, uh, the most, the most Everton thing ever. We, we finally get a win. Uh, we spit it to boys a little bit. The draw comes on and we get Chelsea away. And not only did we get Chelsea away, it was drawn by Phil Thompson, who had this horrible little smirk on his face as he pulled us out the hat away to Chelsea, uh, which just made me instantly turn the telly off and go to bed. What a gobshite. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we've got that to look forward to. Um, but, you know, with the with the win against uh, Sunderland, the games are now coming uh, thick and fast. So at the weekend, weekend, Bournemouth at home again. Uh, and we didn't make... Uh, the best work of it to be honest did we say the least Mark yeah I mean the first half was dire and I mean as bad I think as we've played all season I don't know if you agree with that or not but I thought it was just woeful it was boring Um, there was very little you know going forward Um, and a number of players just Yeah, I don't think it was the worst we've played all season. I thought it was a little bit of a hiccup, a little bit of a hangover, and we were going to come good in the second half. Um, but I, I do agree about the passing, and you know, a couple of real guilty ones um, was, I mean, the most guilty was probably Idrissa Gay, and it was probably his weakest performance I've ever seen of him. In a, in I was just about to say exactly the same thing. I can't recall ever seeing Garner have a game that bad. Every single pass, I think, he, he, he tried to play, uh, no matter what the distance went to an opposition player. Yeah, shocking. Uh, and he was lucky to stay on, really. Uh, th- throughout that first half, I mean, you expect it to be Morgan Schneiderlin who was uh, pinging the ball around and uh, it just a gay who was putting in the challenges. Schneiderlin was, was no better than Garnet. Schneiderlin's passing was equally as bad. Um, I think he boosted his, 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 his passing stats slightly by his probably 20 completed passes where he just turned around and just went back to Pickford because he couldn't be bothered doing anything else. Um, a lot of which Jordan then pinged out into touch. Uh, he was another one whose uh, passing boots were off. Yeah, he didn't have his best game distribution-wise, and uh, we we just couldn't get started at all. And you know, I, we, we thought that was our bad half. Uh, you know, <laughs> when we come out in uh, for the second half, thinking things can only get better from here, how wrong we were. Yeah, um, obviously Josh King popped up uh, and put Bournemouth in the lead. Uh, a player who I think I've been linked with quite heavily recently. 
is he is, has he been linked with us before that goal? Because it always seems somebody scores past us and then we're suddenly linked with him. Was he already being linked? Yeah, there was some talk about it in the summer, um, but it did nothing of any real serious note. I don't think. Um, but again, as you say, it always seems to pop up a little bit more, doesn't it? After someone scores past us, other than the goal, I don't remember him having any sort of standout game. No, uh, the goal itself. I mean, he just he he had, he had picked the ball up quite deep, had a free run. Uh, there were enough players behind it, and nobody closed him down. And it was just a decent finish. And it was one of those that could have been avoided. Our own undoing again, really. Uh, yeah, disappointing. And thinking we'd turn the corner, thinking this was going to be a good half, and there was just like a slap in the face, kicking the teeth. One 0 down at home to Bournemouth, one of the one of two clubs below us in the league. Yeah, and at that point as well, it didn't look like you know you couldn't see a turning point anywhere, could you? Rooney was Abbott was you know not having a great game. Um, he was off the pitch after game, getting his getting his eye sorted out, and you know tended to his, his wound. Uh, Sigurdsson Yeah, so a player you missed out there as well. I mean, he probably had one of his better games for us, but still, you can't you can't justify twenty four million for a lad who does that little. Um, so you classing Rooney and Sigurdsson, and the criticism was playing three number tens. Where are they going to actually play on the pitch? There was no width. You had Mason Holgate, um, left back, wasn't he? And uh, Kuko on, was Kuko on the right? No, no Mason. Sorry, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the cup. I'm thinking of the cup game. Sorry. Yeah, so Bainesy was at left back, and it was it was Kuko on right back, wasn't it? You, but you you said he was meant to be uh, right centre. That was the early the early uh, kind of he was early on in the week. He was kind of earmarked for that position. Was, I mean, I can I couldn't see that in a million years. better off for it um, one thing one name that uh, did shock me he, he wasn't on the, on the team sheet was uh, Davies after you know a decent performance 
against Sunderland, he came back into the starting eleven. Uh, I thought he would have kept his uh, his spot there because he's one who can like really uh, he, he can he can play deep, but then he can he can bridge it a little bit moving forward and you know put a spot on the ball, put a tackle in, and you've got three potential number tens there who were all in each other's way or just out of the way, and Davies who can do a little bit more up and down the pitch and I thought he was very unlucky not to start No I agree I mean I think you've got to pick players on form uh, and I think at the minute on form you know Davis is, 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 is miles ahead of, of Classen but you know I would have been looking to play uh, Tom right in the middle of the park did we need Snyderlin and, and Garner Gate on the pitch for the game against Bournemouth at home I don't think we do so why can't Davis play in the middle yeah, I agree. Uh, as I say, you know, he he is one of those box to box kind of midfielders, and when you've got those three number ten type players and they're getting in each other's way, or as I said before, nowhere to be seen, then someone like Davies who will like get involved a little bit more. I think he 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 needs to be more involved. Um, I I I hope there was a lesson learned there on Saturday that that we can't play all three of them together. And if we do play all three of them together, then you need to take either Snyderlin or Garner Gay out, uh, because there's no there's nobody linking the two together. Well, you can't have any more of an obvious lesson really than the game getting turned on its head uh, after the introduction of, of of Davis and uh, as we stated before, uh, Umani Ass. Yeah. Uh, it, it really did. I mean, it was one of those. You know, we were one 0 down. He made the changes, uh, probably a little bit begrudgingly. Um, so Davies comes on, really kind of grabs the game by the scruff of the, the neck, and uh, Big Umar starts putting himself about a little bit. Oh, I mean, I say a little bit. You know, the first goal he scored. You know, he, he, I think he, he miscontrolled it, but then battled battled back to get it, uh, and then started a move off which he ultimately finished with a plum other than the two goals he scored I think he pretty much miscontrolled everything he's mad isn't he that's that's like goals are priceless and maybe maybe this is it that that's his game you know when when he played those what was he only played six times for us hasn't he so the four appearances he's had previously he never really got a sniff and his control was awful, which made me believe he was—he was a shocking player. But plus, wasn't he always sort of coming on not as the main man in the middle, sort of just playing off Lukaku, who you know is one of the sort of left-hand side attacking players or the right hand? I can't remember it. Him never really starting a game right up top, or even coming on right up top. Can you? No, no, I can't. He, he was always—he always kind of floating around and. Uh, like like in that kind of uh, Stephen Naismith behind behind the striker or to the left of the striker, but never up top. And um, you know he, he was brought up, he was brought in on Saturday up top alongside DCL, wasn't he? And um, Rooney ended up making way actually. Uh, so you know it's good to see him up top there, and you know how he took his chance really, his chances. I don't think he's going to give you any. Real player just to sit in a box, which is something that I think a lot 
with that it's okay in this kind of super sub kind of role but for 90 minutes you can't have that can you He does work quite hard and put himself about a little bit defensively up top. But I I don't recall apart from the goal he scored when he'd started a move and got on you know got on his toes and and give it some already. I don't recall him like given any real options down channels or anything. You know like the way Lukaku used to point and say where he wanted it. He's quite flat-footed when he's up top. So you you might be right. He might just be an in-the-box kind of player. Who, who just takes his chance when he gets it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're being kind. I, I would describe him more as a bit of a headless chicken, really. <laughs> um, but, but you've got to you, you know, you, you look at the two goals he scored, he was in the right place at the right time, uh, and he got his toe on both of them, and he both ends up in the back of the net. And, you know, that's what you want from a centre forward. You, you want a centre forward who scores goals. Well, his, his goal last week against Sunderland, it was, a, it was a great touch, great bit of control, and it hit on a half volley. I, I think it was a really nice, really nice finish. His first goal on Saturday as well, you know, he worked hard, he got in the box, he took a great little touch from uh, Tom Davies through ball. Uh, you know, it looked like he was gonna, it was going to uh, bounce off to DCL, but he took control himself, and I thought he'd gone too wide, but he, he, he lashed it in. And it was quite a difficult finish because he was going a little bit away from goal. So, you know, two great finishes there. And uh, his, his, his second one on Saturday against Bournemouth, you know, he did well to get up. We're, not, we're still not sure, and I've, I've not seen the goal since seeing it at the game, whether the first goal, whether the first effort went over the line, the header, or his rebound. I, no, I don't think it did. I think the goal was the second one. But like you, um, I haven't seen it since being sat there live either, so... But as you as you rightly said, you know he got it, got his head on it. If it didn't cross the line, who did it bounce to? If you know he was the one who was there, and it's amazing how players who can you know get the knack of being there. That that the, the goal that Vardy scored against the shite on him um, on Saturday evening as well. The ball bounces up off the keeper. Who does it bounce to? Straight on his head because he's in the right place at the right time. And hopefully, you know, Nias can start getting a few more of those poacher type of goals. And start getting up there. I've just got a little bit of a feeling it could have just been one of those, you know, cosmic event type fairy tales. So you know, after he scored the first one, I think I turned to you the night and said, if he scores the second one here, the place is going to go mental, um, because it was just sort of you could just see it, couldn't you? It was just written uh, as a say from the, from the point of not even having a lockhead to, to, to that point there to save the day for the Blues. Um, it just seemed like it was going to happen. 
Well, yeah, but it, it, you know things like that seem like they're going to happen a lot for Everton fans, and they very rarely do. They happen to other clubs, but you know not so much with us. But this time it did. I wouldn't be surprised though if that's the end of the fairy tale now. Do you reckon? And in, and in another four to six weeks, um, we're not talking so highly about it. I hope not. You know, the lad's done everything right. His attitude's been unbelievable. He's got his head down, he's worked. You know, he's, whether it was of his own accord or whether he was advised to, you know, he's been sat in the crowd at the Blues. He's done everything right and first place to the lads deserved that more than anybody uh, last weekend uh, but you know I'm, I'm under no illusion that he's suddenly going to turn into Dixie Dean well I just want to say talk a little bit of the, the little bit of the cult of uh, the cult of Umar because last week can I just can I just interrupt you quickly go on just going back to the, the guy was feet going mental when he scored I still can't move my neck I don't know who it was but Somebody in a crowd grabbed me so hard by the neck. You know, broke both the name, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, well, yeah, the, the, the cult of Umar. And so last week when he scored that the, the goal against Sunderland, we were already 2 0 up. We were kind of cruising, so. Uh, James Vaughan was doing his best to, to 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 not score past us with a few a few efforts which he could have put away, um, but so he he come on and it didn't really make any real you know have any real effect on the game. We were already going through, so I thought you know if he comes on against you know, people are starting to think oh he's the, he's the new savior and I'm thinking people are looking back very rose tinted here and it's very revisionist. And it's a little bit of like, Kuman's not on everyone's good books at the moment. So people want want to see Umar. So it's kind, you know, a bit of a two fingers up to Kuman. I mean, what do you think it is? I think it's been born out of necessity, as they Let's let's not gloss over it any other way. The only reason he has is getting a go at the minute is because. There isn't anybody else. That is the that is the simple boil it down to reason. Um, and I think even at that point, even though it's glaringly obvious there's no one else, human was still resistant to it. And I think that basically wound a lot of blues up because Everton fans like people who try, and it was clear that Nias was trying. He was trying his ass out in the other twenty threes. When he went out on loan, uh, as I said before, he did everything right, but Cuban seemed to just be stubborn about it. So I think that got a lot of Evertonians on the side of the ass, which is pretty much one of the greatest comebacks in football ever because we didn't like him, did we? Let's face it. But we had good reason, and this is this is why I wasn't turning until he turned. You know, people can say, oh, I should have played him all along, but. He's been played when he deserved to be played, in my opinion, and when we needed him to play. Because the only evidence I've seen beforehand of other, well, the only other evidence I've seen is he was absolutely shocking. And I could understand why he wasn't picked even ahead. You know, even other people played out of position ahead of him. And I can understand it because his few cameos he's had 
were amongst the worst I've ever seen. And that says a yeah. lot. It says no, a lot. No. Yeah, well, I, I think so. I think well, I just hope it, it, it. You know, now you know it's amazing what confidence can do as well. But I'm, I'm just, I, I just don't think people should really get carried away. Like you said, take it for what it is. He's come in, he scored a few goals. He's not going to be the new Lukaku. He's not going to come on and get thirty goals this season. But he might get, uh, he might be able to come on in a few games and get ten goals this season or even twelve. Um, as as a sub, you know, if if DCL. Can come on and, and do well. Rooney can get get his form, uh, and then the the attacking midfielders can come on around him, and Morales can get back playing again. Now he's decided he you know he wants to try again. Then I think he'll have a part to play, but he is not the the, the replacement for Lukaku, is he? It's always, it's always tricky when you've got this kind of super sub kind of thing. I know it's only two games, but if something is working, as in he uh, coming on as a sub where he can assess the game better. You know how many how many players you've have, have there been in the past who can who were more more effective as a sub, and I think he might be one of them. He's got he's running against tired legs. He's be able to pick out positions where he can come on and score. Uh, you know, get, get get that space needed to get the goals. I cannot see him doing 90 minutes at all. I guess the Burnley game would be uh, would be a, a good test for him to, to see where he actually stands in the manager manager's estimations now, and um, you know the game's coming thick and fast. Rooney obviously took a knock with an elbow to the face at the weekend. He's not going to be able to play three games this week. Um, do we want him to? He wasn't the best. He, he didn't have the best game regardless on um, on Saturday. Uh, Sandro's not really doing a whole lot. 
Uh, so, I guess, I mean, I don't know, I'm kind of torn. I say I can't see it, but then you know sometimes your your hands are tied and you've just got to go with what's available, haven't you? And that that's where we are at the moment. Yeah, no, I agree. But you know, the point is, I at the minute I don't just see him as an impact sub. I think he's going to have to play games. If he keeps scoring, he's going to just as he's he's forced his way, you know, he's forced his way into the under twenty threes, then he's forced his way, you know. Games on loan for Hull, and he's forced himself back at Goodison, and he's forced himself into the first team. He's forced himself coming off the bench. I think he's just going to force himself again into, into starting games. I can't see how it goes any other way. Right, just as an aside, you know, we we talked a little bit about Nias, but Everton managers, why do they have an uh, an aversion to wingers mm. when we've got so many wingers? But are they? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we can have... We, we've got some... Who, who are we talking about here? We've got Balassi who's injured. We've got Morales who can't be bothered and doesn't want to be there. We've got Alan Lennon who never plays. Doesn't even get on the bench. Uh, and we've got Luckman who's young and tiny. Well, there's there's three there who could do an equally um, decent or poor job or a different option, but at least give us some width as either of those three number ten. Uh, so obviously you, you wouldn't want to, Rooney can always come up with something. Uh, Sigurdsson is is obviously settling. Klassen's obviously settling, but they're all so central. We need to mix it up a little bit, surely. We haven't got Coleman at the minute, as you say. So something's got to be done. We need to have some some option out there. And you know, at the moment, he seems to be going with Martina. And you know, his game on Saturday, the only thing that he has got going for him is decent crossing. And on Saturday, the decent crossing wasn't there, so he had absolutely zero going for him. But he seems to be the the go-to out there. And um. I mean, it's unfortunate, isn't it? Kenny came on and, and, and had a little bit of a go. Uh, but he seems I to... Would, I would hope to see Kenny play again tomorrow against uh, Limassol. Hopefully. You know, we had he had a game against Sunderland last week. Uh, he didn't really take uh, take the, his chance with both hands and grab it and make the position his own. Uh, he didn't really have that much of an impact at all, to be honest. He had more of an impact in Saturday's game. He pushed on a little bit better, showed a little bit more than uh, Martina did so I'm hoping you're right and he'll get that game tomorrow get the nod uh, right back tomorrow yeah I, I, I think he will um, and I think we may see a few of the other players young 
Sandro, who you mentioned before, probably you'll get the nod. Um, I'll maybe try and save a couple of the players for Sunday. Yeah, so we've we've kind of mixed things up today. So we we haven't really got into a news section. It's been a bit, little bit of a recap of uh, the, the games we've had, and now a look ahead to the games coming up. So Burnley on Sunday, we've got Limassol tomorrow in the in in the Europa. Um, so I guess we, we just you know we can make more of a prediction for tomorrow's game. How do you see that going? Is it going to be another Atalanta performance, or are we have we turned the corner now? At the moment, um, that's us. <laughs> well, well, the one game I there, that was away to a decent Italian side. Yeah. Uh, I know the scoreline was not great, I know the performance was even worse, but there's no shame in going to Italy and losing to the team that finished fourth, you know, the season before. Um, going, playing at home against sort of a Cypriot part-timers uh, is a whole different ball game, isn't it? And it's a game that we should be winning as a canter. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, as you you say, you, you we we hope that some of the youngsters come in, but uh, I mean, maybe maybe tomorrow Luckman can get a look in. Uh, Davies is, is the type of game he can really control. We definitely do not need to see Schneiderlin and Garnagay in in there tomorrow. I don't think it's a game though where we can just overload the youngsters because I think we do need to start putting a few stringy results together. Um, you know, building up the confidence a little bit. So, uh, as much as I like to see Kenny and Davis play, I think that's pretty much it. You know, the rest of one, there's not good players out there. Well, you're going to see Bessage come in, aren't you? And Bessage really needs to start uh, up in his game because he can't just do the fancy dribbles and try and pass it 80 yards every single time. He needs to start putting some consistency in his, into his performances. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, I can't. I can't remember to be honest. Yeah. Teams. Yeah, but I, you know, as you say, the past 
No. Yeah, hopefully you're right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just, I mean, we we'd normally do a news section and stuff like that. Any other Everton base you want to talk about before we go, Mark? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it seems we're either um, working or at the game, so we haven't got time to actually record the podcast. So, <laughs> um, so we've managed to squeeze this in tonight. Uh, back to the grind again tomorrow. Back to the game tomorrow, and you know, two games this week. Hopefully, as you say, we'll get back to it and have a lot more to talk about next week. A lot more positive things, and maybe a few more Nias goals to talk about. Well, well, yeah, the, the way he's going, uh, he's got he had one in his first game, two in his second game. If he gets three on Sunday, and maybe four in the game after that. How many games away from playing Liverpool are we then? That means you get about twelve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. All right, um, yeah, we'll we'll just leave it there then. I mean, no jingles, no news, but just thanks to everyone for listening. Sorry we've not been, been with you the last couple of weeks, but we were in a dark place and we were too busy, so. It's probably a good job that we weren't uh, waffling at you because you probably would have got even more angry. Hey, I like it. Let's leave it there then. See you later, Blues. Cheers.